Good day, everyone. Welcome to Saturated in Scripture, a weekly devotional program designed to help you taste and see the sweetness of the gospel in Scripture. My name is Elliot. I'm your host for the program. And every week we gather across our city and around the world to pause in order to hear what God has to say to us through His Word and Spirit. The aim of all of this is to gain a greater sense of clarity about who God is, His plans for the world, who we are in light of all of that, and how we are to live. Our reading for this week comes from Psalm chapter 1, and I'm reading from the NIV, and it says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. It probably seems obvious enough that this is the first psalm of the entire book. Uh, and it's appropriate because it introduces a lot of major themes that we'll explore over the course of the year. As you know, the idea of saturating scripture is to work through the entire book of the Psalms over this year. And I hope and prayer is that you would uh, enjoy uh, the sweetness of God and the gospel as we work our way through this. This is a beautiful psalm because it introduces, as I mentioned, a number of main themes. It introduces the idea of wickedness and righteousness, the word of God, and what it means to flourish and to prosper. And I want to start us off in verse 1 because it introduces three postures that I think is very important for us uh, to think about. Uh, it's connected to the question of what is the blessed or the happy life. That's the uh, first word in the psalm. And the three postures I want to bring your attention to is walking, standing, and sitting. You see that in verse 1, who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way the sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers. Uh, these are connected to three things. Walking is connected to our conduct. Standing is connected to our conviction. And sitting is connected with the company that we keep. Uh, the conduct is, is very interesting. Right? It does not walk in the way of the wicked. It's a question of um, how we are living our lives. Um, there is a moral and ethical dimension to this. Uh, standing is... Um, You've probably heard of the saying, you know, taking a stand for something. That's the question of conviction. What do we stand for? Um, and sitting in the company of the mockers is a question of um, who we keep as our friends, those we surround ourselves with, how we live, what we believe, and the company that we keep. These are connected uh, to the blessed and to the happy life. Now, when you think about it, there's no real surprise here, right? This is a bit of basic human wisdom. If you're a parent, you teach this to your children, how you live, what you believe in, and the friends that you surround yourself with is critical um, to a happy and a blessed life. Now, what happens after uh, verse 1 is a bit of contrast then, you know? If blessedness comes from being careful with our conduct and our conviction in our company, then, then um, what's the positive, all right? Um, and in verses 2 to 3, we're presented with that contrast. The first is to delight in the law of the Lord. Delight is a very fascinating uh, idea. It's the question of what thrills your heart. Um, and the psalmist makes it clear that ought to thrill your heart is the law or the teaching of the Lord. And for us on this side of the cross, it is the word of God as it is contained in Scripture. 
Uh, the second important word to know is meditates. Uh, I think we can sometimes think of this to be quite a mystical thing, you know, uh, meditation. We think, mm, you know, kind of Eastern religion, uh, but it's a profoundly uh, Christian idea. It's to allow this to sink deep within our lives. Uh, it's allowed the law of God to sink deep in our lives. It is, in other words, to saturate. Uh, that's why uh, this entire program is called Saturating the Scripture. That's our aim. Um, and to saturate is to allow the Word of God to grip our cognition, the way we think, to grip our affection, what we love, and to grip our volition, what we do. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? The contrast of being careful of verse 1 is to positively delight and to meditate on the Word of the Lord. And the language of day and night in verse 2 is also very interesting. Um, if you know of a man called Charles Spurgeon, he wrote a devotional series called Day and Night. Uh, you start the day with a particular passage. You end the day with a particular passage. It's to bookend your day with the Word of the Lord. Does it mean we have to do that today? Oh, look, I say that that would be helpful. But the idea is that we are saturating ourselves with the words of God throughout our day so that it guides the way that we live. So what's the result? Well, verse 3 tells us the result is fruit and flourishing, right? Uh, the language of tree planted by streams of water, that's a, that's a rich image of flourishing. But I want you to notice something in verse 3. It says it yields its fruit in season. Now, I think if we blink, we often miss the significance of this, right? But in other words, what this is saying is that sometimes we may not see the results immediately. In season. If you have your own Bibles, I want you to underline that with me, right? Because just as there is a season to plant, there is also a season to harvest. Uh, so true, there are seasons in the Christian growth. I think it's important for us to just recognize that, right? Sometimes we can be on such spiritual highs and we think, well, this is it. This has to keep going. Um, we know that's not sustainable. Uh, but sometimes there are seasons of doubt, troubles, and struggles, and we can sometimes feel like there is just no end to this. I, I think verse 3 helps to put all of this in perspective, doesn't it? There are seasons to our growth. I think there are two very significant implications coming out of this. Uh, first of all, I want to encourage you to not be discouraged if you are uh, walking in the ways of the Lord, but you are not seeing fruit. I think that can be quite challenging for us. You know, you're reading verse 2 and you're saying, you know, you know, that's me. I, I'm delighting in the word of the Lord. I'm leading on his promises, but I don't feel like that tree planted by streams of water and bearing fruit. Uh, my dear brother or sister, I want to encourage you that, you know, there are seasons to things. Don't be discouraged. Um, keep anchoring in the promises of the Word of God. Now, that's the first implication. But I think the second implication that's very important to grasp is to not be arrogant if you um, are not doing verse 2, but you're prospering. To not be arrogant um, if you are not doing verse 2, yet you are still prospering. I think this is a major challenge for us, right? Because this is actually a major theme in the Psalms. You know, one of the main questions that the Psalms asks is, why do the wicked prosper and why do the righteous suffer? Right? Why do the wicked prosper and why do the righteous suffer? That's an important question that, you know, that's um, weaved all the way through all of the Psalms. Verses 4 to 5 uh, tells us the inevitable destiny of the wicked. 
right? Verses 4 to 5 says, Not so with the wicked, they are like chaff. The wind blows away. The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. It's, it's abundantly clear what their future will be like. Fruit is the inevitable outcome for the righteous. Futility is the inevitable outcome for the wicked. That makes it abundantly clear, right? So I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're walking the way of righteousness, but you're not seeing fruit, and trust that to God. And, and when you look at those who are not walking the way of the Lord, and their life seems to be going amazing, I want you to know that the Lord sees all. He knows all. Um, and all wrongs will be made right. That's actually what verse 6 is trying to say, right? The Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That is his promise. And dear friends, as we think about this, we realize that this is the paradigm of the gospel. Uh, all throughout the life of Jesus Christ, it seems like it's the wicked pagans and the Pharisees who are thriving, right? If you read through every single gospel writing, um, because you know, as we read from verses 1 to 3, we also realize that Jesus is actually the one who does all of this perfectly. Uh, he is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. He's the one who meditates on it day and night, and yet he suffers. Again, the question uh, we ask this, you know, why do the wicked prosper? Why do the righteous suffer? I want you to realize something, right? The Psalms does not answer that question directly, nor does the Bible explicitly, at least not in those terms. But what the Bible does give us is it tells us that righteousness will always triumph. God always wins. What it also does say is that what you see is not always what you get. What the Psalms is trying to do is to give us new lens, eyes of faith to see the world as God would have us see it. Because here's the thing, if the gospel is a paradigm for how God works, then it's always the cross before the crown. God sees all and will always do what is right. And I want to give you encouragement for this year, right? I want to encourage you to be very thoughtful, according to verse 1, about your conduct, conviction, and company. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked. Beware of your conduct. Or stand in a way that sinners take. Beware of your conviction. Is it aligned with Scripture? Or sits in a company of mockers. Beware of who you surround yourself with. Uh, don't underestimate the kind of impact that has on you this coming year. Another encouragement I want to give you to you is to saturate yourself in Scripture. That's what verse 2 says. Whose delight, whose thrill, you could say, is in the law or the teaching of the law, who meditates on it day and night. My hope and prayer is that this devotional program would play a small part in that, but may it not be the sum of all that you do. Um, you'll know that you were given a series of Psalms to read throughout the week. Focus on them. Spend time on them. You know, you may want to buy one of those um, journal Bibles where uh, there's lots of space around the edges for you to take notes and to circle and to underline and to just meditate and saturate. You might even want to try memorizing portions of the Psalms. Um, I'm confident that would uh, do your heart and soul lots of good as you uh, realign your wills according to God's. But here's a question I want to invite you to ponder for this week. How does the fact that God sees all shape the way I live? How does the fact uh, that God sees all shape the way I live? That's what verse 6 says. I wonder if that would move us towards a greater sense of trust 
Um, we don't have to feel like we have to control everything. We don't have to feel like we need to right all wrongs. We don't have to feel like you know we have to eradicate injustice. Maybe the fact that God sees or allows us to keep anchoring in His promises and to keep walking the ways of the Lord. So I hope that gives us uh, something to think about in this coming week. I want to thank you for joining us in our very first episode of Saturating Scripture. I hope and pray that you've been able to taste the sweetness of Scripture with us. Until next week, let's delight in the law of the Lord.